All right. Well, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Woohoo! Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Um, where have you been? <laughs> uh, well, that's a complicated question. How many months has it been? It's been since April. Yeah. So, um, you know, a look behind the scenes. We haven't we haven't sat down and recorded anything you and I since like March probably. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so what is it like the end of July right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and crazy, yeah. but for good reasons. Mm-hmm. So, well, some better than others. Yeah. There's, there's a slew of reasons, but one of which I got married Well, then uh, for this episode, so we're doing the summer sessions. And so for this episode of the summer sessions, I thought we'd just like catch up, just you and I. And so I wrote down some questions. Some of them are fun. Some of them are dumb. um, And some of them are, you know, deep. Uh, And I thought we'd just just shoot this. The, the sh- we just shoot the summer breeze. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, where you were going with that. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm trying to play to my audience here and, uh, you know, yeah. Um, so welcome to Bristlecone Firesides summer sessions, Abby. Um, the same podcast that we've been doing for two seasons now, but with way more of the, uh, of, uh, that otter pops on the beach vibe. And for those who are listening, I am double fisting Otter Pops right now. I've got I've got two in hand. I've got an orange one and a blue one. I wondered, I was like, how does he keep changing colors? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, and these are my, this is my fourth and fifth Otter Pop of the day. Dang. I just am, I have a problem. Well, I could tell you about a big problem, but I have a feeling it will coincide with some questions that you have. Probably. So let's jump right in. Um, what has been a summer highlight for you? Okay, so part of me being married meant that I had to move. And um, it was a move that I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit sad to make. Yeah, because um, your place in holiday was really great. Yeah, and I'm like really obsessed with Mount Olympus and like the Salt Lake Valley and just the mountains there because I love that there's the foothills but also like actual mountains um so you get a good mix of both and I was like basically as close to a mountain as you can get so it felt I felt really sad to to kind of leave if I'm being completely honest um but I didn't move that far I moved to Utah County but you know the vibes are a little different and, um, and, but that's okay. Like there's so many things about Utah County that I'm like, well, Salt Lake County needs to like get in on this. You know, there's just certain things that each County brings that are just a little different, but good in their own right. Trust me. I grew up in Provo. I love yeah. Provo. I love it. Yeah. Like every time I go back, I like, cruise around my old favorite streets through the tree streets, through Oak Hills, through like my neighborhood to buy seven peaks. Like I yeah. love Utah County. I understand like what some of the problems are and why people hate it. 
But like what people really hate about Provo is they hate BYU. They don't hate actual Provo. Hey, well, one thing I like about being here is how close I am to BYU. Well, you're a student, so that makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Well, I never have to go there. I don't have class there. <laughs> but I do like that I'm close to the candy counter. That's a big deal. <laughs> um, no, but in all honesty, I feel like Tim at the like golden hour sunset can't be beat. There's something about that mountain that is unlike any other. So that's that's the number one thing that's going for it. Um, but my move, I'm not going to tell anyone where I live because I am scared of people knowing who or where I am. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but let's just say I live across the street from an orchard. Um, and because I live across the street from an orchard um, and I live with um, my husband, who's known the, the manager of the orchard for quite some time. Um, and he voluntarily helps kind of, uh, with whatever that orchard manager might need. Um, in exchange, we can kind of pick whatever we want. What kind of fruit? Um, oh my gosh. Madison, it is an endless abundance. So we peaches, is like the main, um, you know, product, the orchard, uh, but they have like full vegetable garden, blackberry bushes, um, some plums. There will be pears eventually, a few apple trees. So it's basically just like my dream come true. <laughs> and the summer highlight, the last like two weeks has just been like, not 10 minutes ago, I went and picked a giant bowl full of blackberries, just fresh blackberries. Oh, my heart. That has, number one, been the summer highlight thus far, other than going to, like, my favorite country in the world. Which was? Denmark. Denmark. Yeah. Um. So, just has been a wonderful summer. No complaints. That sounds idyllic. Yeah, it really is. Highly recommend moving across the street from an orchard. But at the same time, it's a little stressful because, I mean, so many orchards, I feel like, in this area have been developed now, like sold off, parceled out and developed just into like track homes. And I feel like that's probably the, the inevitable with the orchard that we live across the street from. But for now, I'm going to soak up all it has to offer, quite literally. Yes. Yeah. What was what does Brene Brown say about um, joy? Don't Foreboding um, joy. Yeah, don't forebode your joy because you don't know what's going to happen to that orchard. But right now, yeah, it's exactly. there. And you, right get, now to, you get to eat of it. Yeah. I'm on a pretty big Brene. That's another thing that maybe is a highlight of the summer. I'm on a pretty big Brene Brown kick. That's a good kick to be on. A couple, couple books. And yeah, I just feel like she's, she's on to something. <laughs> she's on to something. Well, we'll uh, there's a question. We'll, we'll get to that later in the episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that sounds like a great highlight. 
Yeah, that's been good. What about you? Uh, I have, I have done a lot this summer. So, um, my, my, my girlfriend and I are like intense weekend warriors and uh, it feels like every weekend we're out somewhere in Utah, just hardcore adventuring. Um, but I, I'd say one of the, the highlights was it, at the beginning of the summer, we, um, we went on a six day river trip on the green river through desolation Canyon, um, and it was a training trip for me. She had previously worked as a river guide out of Moab for a few years during the summertime. And they asked her to come and be a trainer. And I was lucky enough that they were like, and bring your boyfriend and we can train him to be a guide. Um, That's so fun. Yeah. And so we spent six days on a river um, and I, I rode the entire thing, which, uh, which is like 84 river miles. Um, and I felt really cool at the, <laughs> at the end of it really, you know, there, like there were uh, a number of class two or class three rapids and a couple of them that we had to get out and scout before we, we went down them. And it was pretty nervous for me because, you know, it, I've never done that before. And then to be able to yeah. go do that, um, and to be able to do it successfully and, uh, you, you know, by the end of the, the six days when you're pulling into green river, you're just, I'm, I just remember feeling like. I could do this for another three or four days. Like I could be on the river for another three or four days. Cause like when you're out there on the river, you're in the middle of nowhere. You have no service. You have no, so you are in, as deep in the wild as you can get. And I just remember just loving it. And uh, so since then, because I've been trained and she is trained, um, we've been able to volunteer a couple of times uh, down in Moab uh, to do, uh, you know, some trips with uh, some families and stuff with the company that, that we were trained with just so much fun. I am, I'm so fully a water person, a water boy, you know, whether it's paddle boarding or, or river rafting or swimming or whatever. I just, I love being on the water. So that was certainly a highlight of my summer. Wow. So you're certified now. You're, uh, I'm not like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trained, I'm trained as a volunteer, as okay. a volunteer guide. So like I can, I can be, you know, um, it's with the national ability center, the NAC. Oh, so cool. I'm trained as a volunteer, not necessarily as a certified guide in order to be certified as a guide. I'd need to get my wilderness first responder certification. I need to like mm -hmm. do some swift water rescue courses, which all, you know, could be on the menu in the future. But for right now I'm just trained as like, Oh, you, you, you can come and pull things off of the boat and bring them to shore for us so that we don't have to. So that's what I'm doing. That's really fun. Yeah. Dallas. I haven't been to Southern Utah for a second. Well, that's a lie. I went a couple of weeks ago down to Snow Canyon and it's the first time I'd been there in a little while. And just like, it was so hot most of the day that really all I could do was go out in the mornings and evenings, which I was working from home down there. And so it kind of worked out anyway, but, um, so beautiful like I just something about the contrast of the red rock and the blue sky and just I don't know early morning light is some of the most stunning landscapes I've ever seen I just it's unlike anything else so but I want to I want to go again somewhere you know down south but oh yeah yeah. I'm jealous of your river experience. Well, I'm jealous of it. You know, I went on it, right? I just well, like I I just wanna 
if if being a river guide, a full-time river guide wasn't so transient, right? Because it's like, you can only do it for the summertime. Then you've got to find like a winter gig. Right. And, yeah. uh, if it weren't for, you know, the, kind of the transientness of it, I would just be a river guide. Yeah. Just a river rat, you know, yeah. it just feels so much like something that I would be straight down the pipe for Madison. It does seem like a, a bit of you. It's very on brand. Yeah. Not showering for six days straight and just being really <laughs> suntanned and dirty and living in a tent and eating food and smelling like sunscreen and insect repellent. Yeah. <laughs> Basically do that, but I'm not a real <laughs> I'm like, sorry. That's summer. <laughs> That's what summertime is for. Yeah. Um, let's move on to question two. Okay. What is the hardest thing you've done this summer? Mm, I think I already touched on this, but motivating myself to work on my thesis. Mm -hmm. So if anyone has any uh, tips and tricks <laughs> or wants to be a ghost writer, <laughs> I welcome any and all suggestions. Find us on Briscoe and Firesides on Twitter, on Instagram, and reach out and see if you want to <laughs> ghostwrite for Abby to get her master's degree done. <laughs> yeah, I think that might be like illegal, but yeah, no, that's by far, it's just, like I said, it's so hard when, you know, you use the summer as kind of a reset period or it's like a recharge period. And I feel like, especially this year, for some reason, I've felt so sequestered by winter and like kind of burnt out and this summer like has been such a rejuvenating experience for me that like the thought of like I said sitting in front of a screen for any longer than I need to feels like complete torture and punishment but that being said it makes me feel like um once I get it done it will be a, a huge weight lifted off my shoulders and B I have like a list, a laundry list of things that I like want to do or need to do, um, once I'm done. So if that's my motivation for getting it done. It's like all the fun there is to be had once I'm done. Good. Um, yeah. So my hardest thing I've died, I've done this summer. So like I said, I've been adventuring a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, about a month ago I went and did Coyote Gulch in Southern yeah. Utah for the first time. Oh Have yeah. Done, I've done it. You've done Coyote yeah. Gulch. Yeah. Oh, so you'll totally get what I'm talking about then. So this was my first backpacking, real backpacking trip since I was a teenager. When I was a teenager, I went and did Havasupai, but like yeah. I was a teenager, right? And you just, you don't know what the heck you're doing. And so you just go do it. And yeah. but as an adult, I'm like, wait, I've got to carry how much weight on my back to like yeah. live for a few days. Pack in and out your own poop. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm dead serious. Like, like I love car camping so much because like, you can go to the bathroom. You can use, you can use oh, pit yeah. toilets and stuff, but for backpacking, especially backpacking in Southern Utah, you can't just dig a hole. You got to bring a wag bag with you. And yeah. so there's just like some first time hurdles that I've never done before that mm -hmm. were obstacles and hurdles that I had to overcome. And one of them was wag bags, which is, you, you know, for the listener, if you've never used a wag bag is literally just like a bag within a bag that you poo in and you have to carry it out. 
on the back of your backpack. <laughs> so it's not exciting. And it's the price you got to pay to get into some of these places. Right. Um, but yeah, so, uh, we, it was the end of June that we did this. So it was really hot. Um, mm -hmm. Coyote Gulch, really pretty. Uh, but the yeah. exit hike that we, that we did. So we went down crack in the wall, if you know, oh, the you crack in the, so we went down crack in the wall instead of coming up crack in the wall because it's a it's like a 700 foot sand dune and I'd rather go down a sand dune than up the sand dune. Yeah. Um, so we went down crack in the wall, but then that means we, uh, we, we kind of did, we exited on the sneaker route or the, the sneaker or sleeper route in the middle, which is essentially scrambling up this sandstone face, um, which was really scary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because See, when we went, we just hiked in uh -huh. and out. Like we never did any of the hiking through the crack. So we took the longest route you possibly can. You came in through hurricane wash. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with hindsight, that's what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's pretty miserable for like the first little bit, but then I mean, I felt like it was worth it. Cause I didn't really want to hike down the mountain with my pack. <laughs> yeah, no, because the, uh, so there's the crack and wall entrance down at the end, there's hurricane wash up at the beginning. And then in the middle, there's kind of this exit climb or entrance climb that you can do. That's a scramble up sandstone or down a sandstone face. And you know, when you're reading about it, you're like, Oh, I can do that. And when you're looking at pictures of you're like, Oh, I can do that. But then once you get there and you look at it, this thing is a nearly vertical, very like nearly vertical, just slightly, uh, you know, angled sandstone face that has a few like, um, perches on it that you can, that you can kind of rest and be like, Oh, I can, I can stand here steadily. Plus your backpack. That's like 30 plus pounds. Um, yeah. and I'd never done that before. And, uh, and so it was really, it was kind of a pretty scary exit climb for me. Um, luckily we'd had a couple people in our group who were rock climbers and we brought rope so that they, they kind of scrambled up pretty safely to a couple places, uh, and then just, you know, meet anchored themselves and threw the line down to us and kind of helped us get up. But that was, that was probably one of the hardest things I'd done. And then once you're out, you got to hike four miles across barren wasteland yeah. desert yeah. and it's super duper hot. And, and then you get to the car and then you still got, you know, 90 minutes of rough road driving on the whole yeah. road to get washboard <laughs> driving. Yeah. I just remember being like, oh. <laughs> we took, we took someone who had an Oldsmobile. Do you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I don't think it had air conditioning, oh which was like a big mistake. Yeah. The other thing Oh my gosh, Madison, this is bringing a slew of memories for me of why it was also one of the most challenging experiences. Like it was so fun and so beautiful and an experience that I'm so glad and, and like I would do it again in a heartbeat. We went and a flash flood had just gone through like a couple of days earlier. And so the water was not clear. Um, it was like pretty murky for most of it. And so you couldn't see where you were stepping. And obviously us coming through hurricane wash, you're walking in the river for, you know, 80% of it, except for that part that you, you mentioned, you know, walking, um, from the parking lot to the actual start of the wash. Um, and we got to one part where the ground kind of looked like just wet, but not, you know, it just looked like moist sand 
Um, and I took a step and my foot started to sink and I took another step and my foot started to sink and I couldn't get my other foot out. And I very quickly realized I was in quicksand and I started, I was kind of laughing so hard because I was like, what, what is happening? Like, this is the weirdest experience I've ever had. And I, you know, quickly told my friends like, okay, don't come this way. Like I'm having a hard time getting out. And before I knew it, I was waist deep in quicksand. And so I took off my pack and my, some friends had to come and pull me out. Like they had to anchor themselves on sturdy ground and, and reach over and help me out. And I was up to my chest in quicksand. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Like the weirdest experience, but kind of funny and also really scary. And I always think about that. Like I, yeah, I fell through quicksand at Coyote Gulch. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So. Wow. Like adventures happen there. Yeah. Yeah. Coyote Gulch. Well, it's like down in the Escalante region of Utah, which is like one of the, one of the more untouched kind of wild places that left, right. That like, it's not, it's not like Zion. It's not like arches where you feel like civilization is right there. When you're in Escalante, you're out there. Yeah. And like Coyote Gulch and stuff off the hole in the rock road, that is, that is wilderness. And that is like, it's a lot of fun, but it's also high risk, high reward. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would, I would not do it like unprepared. I was very grateful for the preparedness yeah. aspect of that. Yeah. Well, what do you wish, I mean, you've been doing a lot of adventuring, but what do you wish you could do more of this summer? Oh, well, so I love weekend adventuring, right? Like I have done a lot of fun things, but like farmer's markets, honestly, just like chill mornings in bed on a Saturday and then you go to farmer's market. Like it's Mm -hmm. so great. And I, because like I'm out and doing a lot of fun things. You it's a, there's a trade-off to being a weekend warrior. And some of that is that you just kind of miss out on fun downtown urban life. And so what I wish that I could do more of and what, you know, I want to do more of in the future is just some fun downtown urban life. Yeah. Do you live close to downtown? I forget. Uh, like 15 minutes away from downtown. Nice. Yeah. What do you wish you could do more of? Um, spend time outside. <laughs> I just I, like all I ever want in the summer is to be outside. I feel like for the amount of time that I have, I've been spending a lot of time outside, which I'm very grateful for. But I think even more time in the mountains, I guess, is what I wish I could have. Um, it. I mean, we're so blessed in Utah to have like proximity to the mountains, but I think it's a blessing and a curse because everyone feels that same way, you know, and the only days I can really dedicate the amount of time that I want to is Saturday, but me and the rest of Utah, you know? So I think that's, that's something I wish I could do more of. It's just that, that and like projects. I'm just like love to, not craft, but like make things and 
I want more time to kind of dedicate to creative creativity and creative projects. So, yeah. Also swimming for me. I mm. love swimming. You know, just being in the water. Like I said, I'm a water boy and it doesn't matter how much swimming I've done. It's, I just always want to do more. I just can't get enough. Wow. If I had a pool in my backyard, I wouldn't leave it. I'd find a way to work out there. I'd get a Wi-Fi extender. I would do any, I would just, I would spend all day. Remember that day where we, we planned out season one of the podcast in um, your, was your parents pool? pool? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm working, but I'm in the pool and we're talking about a podcast and this is, this is like amazing. Yeah. That was the greatest. Oh, I like feel that's something I feel most sad about. My parents selling their house. They're the greatest backyard. Rip. It was yeah. a great backyard. Yeah. Uh, okay. Ultimate summer refresh drink slash meal. Okay. So yesterday or Sunday, we had a huge zucchini from the garden and we had all those blackberries. So I made a blackberry zucchini cake with lemon buttercream. Oh my gosh. Wow. And it is so good. <laughs> so that's, that's not a drink or a meal, but that's just, it's so refreshing and so delicious and like light and summery. And it's the ultimate summer refresh for yes. me. Wow. That sounds really tasty. What about you and your otter pop? Okay. Well, when it's not an otter pop, um, I love drinks. I love drinking and for the audience, not alcohol. Um, but drinking liquid is one of, one of, if not my favorite experience of being a human being like, and I'm not like that might sound like hyperbole, but it is not drinking liquids is the highlight of my life. Uh, whether it's water anyways. So I, my like ultimate summer refresh drink, like I love kombucha a lot. Okay. Yes. We've bonded over this. We have. Before. And you give me some of your homemade yeah, kombucha. I did. Are you still making some? Um, no, because I'm really lazy and I, you can just buy kombucha from the store. <laughs> I know. It's just so much easier to buy it. I know. I thought I would be, okay, this is the other thing. I'm not trying to hijack your ultimate summer refresh, but you know how sometimes you get on like kicks of things and you go really hard Yeah. and then you're like, I got to take a break. Kombucha is one of those things that I like thought one that I would hate because I was like, it's like gross kind of, but I love it. And two, I thought it would be over pretty quickly here I am like four years later and I still love it. Yeah. So one of my favorite brands right now. So like what I love kombucha is, you know, on the spectrum of like LaCroix where you feel like it's sparkling water that's sat next to right next <laughs> to some fruit and you just barely can taste it to like, you know, soda, which is just so overly artificially sweet. Com kombucha kind of sits somewhere in the middle where like it's not overly sweet and the sweetness comes from kind of the vinegariness of it. Um, mm -hmm. but it also like is healthier. It's way healthier than a soda and like genuinely because it's full of probiotics and it's not like, Oh, it's like, you know, just like less unhealthy. No, it's actually healthy for you. 
Um, and so I, uh, I found a brand that I really like and it's called better booch. Um, and they come in like these 16 ounce cans and you can get them at sprouts. And like, I love better booch kombucha so much. That's where I buy mine. Yeah. And I buy cans cause I've realized the bottles are a little too big for me <laughs> <laughs> and I just like a can more. Yeah. It's easier for me to drink and recycle than glass. Yeah. So and, I'm on a hum kombucha. Oh, hum is so good because hum is also low sugar. So better booch and hum have the, like some of the lowest sugar contents of, of like the, the kombucha spectrum. Okay. I'm going to try it. Yeah. And then there's, there's Hans kombucha or Hans kombucha, which is a Salt Lake brand, um, as well as Mama Chari. Really good. Mm. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, as well. Um, and this is going on long because I love drinks, but my, (laughs) my mom had, uh, made a cherry limeade. (gasps) Yeah. I, it's, it is amazing. So like she takes the cherries, she reduces them down, makes a syrup and then puts like a quarter cup of lime juice in with this syrup. And then you put like one of the, the, like the little croys or a sparkling water, a flavorless one, just a natural one in with it with a bunch of ice. And it is divine. That sounds delicious. It is is amazing. Yeah. So for our audience, if you don't, if you don't know, my mom is back porch paleo on Instagram and she's got like a cookbook and like, you know, she's a food influencer. So like, you know, go follow her and get the recipe for the cherry limeade because it's to die for. I can't wait. I need to try that. We have so many cherries too from the orchard. Yeah. Um, all right. Challenges. Have you been working through any challenges this summer? Have I, have you, (laughs) (laughs) I'll, I'll go first. Um, yeah, I have, I, uh, I feel like, I feel like I'm battling cynicism and kind of a, you know, not an existential despair, but just like, I'm, I'm feeling pretty cynical these days about the capacity for our institutional systems to change for the better, Mm -hmm. um, to change for the betterment of all people instead of just some people. Uh, and that might be a function of what I do for work. That might be a function of just the craziness that is reality right now, <laughs> the living through a pandemic for two and a half years or, you know, and so that's kind of a, been a, it's been a challenge for me to, to deal with that because I don't necessarily like being cynical. I, I don't like it actually. I like, I'm usually really optimistic and realistic and like, I want, I want to be really hopeful. And so it's something that I feel like I'm having to, to work through and to deal with. Yeah. Do you feel like it's like manifesting in certain parts of your life too, in ways that like, I mean, cause like you said, you've been, you're a pretty upbeat guy and you're not, you're usually pretty positive, but I just wonder sometimes like cynicism when it permeates certain parts of your your like mentality will then like manifest in certain ways in your actions or, or how you feel. I don't know. It's hard to say. I would need to do some serious introspective shadow work to, to see that. Um, but I don't know, maybe, maybe I am practicing a little bit of escapism Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my weekend adventuring, right. That it's just like, it's easier to, it's easier to go somewhere without service and to, so that I don't have to hear about, the world anymore. 
Yeah. But maybe it's not escapism. Maybe it's just like a way of healing. A good reframe. Yeah. I'm really good at reframing. Yeah, it's a really positive reframe. I like that. It's not, I'm not escaping from anything. I'm, I'm healing from it from actually, actually, it's really good that I run away every weekend. No, I, I think I can like, I don't know, relate res, some of that resonates with me. I, without getting too personal or like too in depth, I have had for several years, a lot of like stomach problems. Um, and I feel like they have escalated to like a, a peak, um, an insurmountable peak this summer. Um, and it's made me a little bit cynical about like a lot of different things. And also like maybe not cynical, but more of like a skeptic of mm-hmm. a lot of things. Um, I feel like it's testing my faith in doctors in my health in my own body in god in a lot of different things medicine natural remedy like just feels um i don't even know how to describe it like something something i've never experienced before that makes you question everything mm-hmm. <laughs> like things that you know to be true um, in ways that you haven't had to confront before, because suddenly it's like, what does it mean if I can't be healed? Or what does it mean if I like have a blessing or, you know, um, ask for certain things, ask for healing. Um, if I'm doing everything possible to, uh, like engage in my own healing, you know, physically, um, taking medicine, trying to follow doctors, trying to explore all these paths and none of them work like, you know, then, then what do you do? So I think, I think that's something that I'm experiencing challenge wise. Um, and I hope it stops, (laughs) (laughs) but I'll keep you updated. Yeah. Can you post it on that? Yeah. I'll keep you posted. So that's kind of a fun. No, that's hard. So my, um, my little sister had deals with, she's had a lot of health issues in her life too. And a lot of them, like she deals with chronic pain all the time. Um, Mm. and I like when I'm in pain, it's, you know, when I've got a wee bitty cold, it's like, Oh, I'm going to just take the day cool. I'm just going to take like three days of work off and I'm just going to like, just be a baby and nurse it. And so like, I know how, how much of a, like a baby I am with pain and how much just even a little bit of pain wrecks my life. Right. Like it just wrecks my ability to be a normal functioning human being. And so to be able to like, to, to, to have to like deal with chronic pain, that's something that a lot of people don't conceive of very, very well, because it does, it's something that takes up mental bandwidth and it's hard to like, push that in with everything else that you also have to do to be a human and to like function. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, um, I feel like it's like you said, it's really hard to explain to people who don't have it, um, or don't experience that. Um, and in some ways it's, 
it's very isolating because you don't want to like complain about being in chronic pain, but you're also in chronic pain. (laughs) And I think too, like oftentimes when I tell people, um, like when I, uh, now we're just getting tangential, but I'll finish my thought. Um, I think sometimes the natural inclination for people is to try and be helpful and offer suggestions on how to fix it. And I'm like, uh, yeah, like I'm taking, I'm, I've actively taken all of those steps before. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I appreciate your, um, suggestions, but like, I think, uh, all I want is for you to acknowledge that I'm experiencing it and that I'm working towards finding a resolution, but yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't need any more suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so bad. But. Well, I don't, you know, that I think what that is, that's a testament to you as a person being very intentional, right? Because I, I know a lot of people that, that just suffer with things and don't, they're not very intentional about doing anything about it. You know, whether it's physical or whether it's spiritual or whether it's emotional, some people are just used to being sick Yeah, and they're, they're, they don't like, and so, you know, some people will just be like, well, have you tried this? It's like, well, of course I've tried that. I've, I'm very intentional about the way that I'm doing things. I've, I've researched, you know, steps one through 10. And so I think that what that is, that's a testament to your intentionality as a person. Thanks. Another positive spin. Another positive reframe. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good. Oh, but onto a happier question. Mm -hmm. What have you been reading this summer? Uh, So I just finished um, Adam Miller, who was a guest on our podcast last season. Um, He just came out with a book called Original Grace. Um, And it is really good. Adam Miller, like, I feel like I'm allergic to a lot of books that come out of Deseret Book, obviously, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> with my personality, but I, I will read anything Adam Miller writes. He is one of our most important thinkers and writers, I think, in Mormonism today. And um, Original Grace is a really good look at, um, at what we do with, our, with suffering, because there, he, he kind of, the book takes two kind of paradigms. One is the, the paradigm of, origi- of original sin and the paradigm of original grace. And the origin, the paradigm of original sin says that some suffering can be deserved because you were a bad person, right? You can see this in the new Testament that like people are asking, Oh Jesus, like this man's bl- blind from birth who sinned him or his parents. Yeah. And it's kind of this idea that you can be deserving of suffering, which is, everything that God is and Jesus are against. And, uh, Adam Miller's response to that is in what, what's original is grace. What's original is love. And what, um, what love asks is not what is deserved, but what is needed. And so, and so, which is a really powerful reframe of the human condition of saying that what the law, what the law asks of us is what is, what is needed in this situation to make, healing and wholeness and health instead of what did this person do and what do they deserve because of it? Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I like that. So yeah, I read, I read that book and it was really, it was a really good book. I read it in like two or three days, which was easy because it was short. 
and I'm a slow reader. <laughs> I'm also a slow reader. So get that. What have you been reading? Um, I think I mentioned I've been reading um, some Brene Brown. Um, Atlas of the Heart is my most mm-hmm. recent um, uh, title of hers. I also recently read a book called um, Lost Connections. I literally just heard about that book. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really good. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Isn't it like 10 things, 10 ways we're disconnected? Um, I don't remember the subtitle. Let me look. Uncovering the real causes of depression and the unexpected solutions. By Johan Hari. Yeah, I think my girlfriend was actually just telling me about this because she's a mental health professional. And so she was telling me about how, you know, it's disconnection from body, disconnection from emotions, disconnection from society. Well, yeah. And it's been like weirdly um, connected to my thesis and the things I've been writing about with my thesis too, or just kind of reaffirms a lot of things that I've been writing about in my thesis. So that's been kind of cool. Um, but just from a different perspective, like I'm not, I'm not engaging with mental health as much, but it's definitely like a factor. Um, when we consider our connection to like our bodies and the earth. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, gut. I recently read a book called gut by Julia Enders. Um, naturally it's in, in an effort to better understand my own (laughs) and, um, it's very interesting, uh, in the context of, again, kind of recognizing the connection between, um, your mental health and your gut too. Like that's, that's something she talks quite a bit about, um, and the vagus nerve. Yes. Um, So I don't know, there's just a lot of deep connections that you don't necessarily always recognize or that, you know, they've made a lot of interesting kind of scientific discoveries about in more recent years. Um, And then just like Nietzsche for my thesis, which I'm not (laughs) as stoked on, but it's there. We love you, Frederick Nietzsche. Yeah. So those are some kind of fun, fun and, and less fun reads that I've been kind of engaging with recently. That's good. I've been struggling to read the summer. So that Adam Miller book is literally the only book that I've read through, through, through all summer long is because I just have been struggling to read otherwise. (laughs) Hey, you know what? It ebbs and flows. That's all I have to say about reading. Sometimes I'm like, can't get enough. And other times I'm like, no. Yeah, that's exactly how it is. Okay, I'm really excited about the next question. Okay. What have you been watching this summer? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So when I, I, like, I feel like I need to tell people (laughs) that I'm not just watching TV all the time. But it sounds like it based on how many shows I love to like, I'm always like watching one episode of like a bunch of different things. Yeah. But, um, my husband and I really love top chef. 
Have you ever watched Top Chef? I have watched a lot of Top Chef. It's so beautiful. <laughs> like <laughs> really nice and uplifting and seeing people who are so passionate about food just makes me passionate about everything. Um, so I highly recommend for like a feel good show, um, Survivor. Oh Been my gosh. Rewatching lots of Survivor. I have watched Survivor since season one. Okay, well, With I'm, my... gonna, I'm just going to suggest that you get back on the Survivor train because it's a great TV no, no, no. show. I have been watching it since season one. Oh, I have watched watching. every season since oh. season one. Like I Wow, and there's love. 42. Yeah. <laughs> the only ones I missed were when I was on a mission. Incredible. Yeah, I am a huge my me and my family are just like big Survivor fans, big Jeff Probst fans. Like, oh my gosh. We love Jeff Probst. My sister like met him at Sundance. Oh had had like a <laughs> dare I say spiritual experience. <laughs> <laughs> she loved it. But I was really jealous because I think he is bar none the best like reality TV host that exists bar He's none. So yeah. Like survivor survivor is like the original reality show and no other reality show can really compare because like yeah. everything else feels so overly scripted and survivor, like there are, there are barriers in place to it being scripted. Totally. And also, it just is so, and the scenery is amazing. Yeah. It's so good. The whole show is so good. I love it. I feel like it's so, so it's just perfectly crafted in my opinion. It's just the perfect reality TV show. It absolutely is. Besides another reality TV show that I love, Love Island. <laughs> Claire, I said it, Bristlecone Firesides. Wow. I, I am, but. Love Island. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm Don't kidding. You can watch on it. Love Island. It's a, it's, I feel like that's another um, show that is a perfectly crafted reality. Really? Show. Yeah. And I have a, a paper to prove it. So if you want <laughs> you to wrote a it, paper on it? Oh, yeah. My last semester of classes in grad school, I was like, I don't even care. I'm writing my final paper on this TV show. No, send it to me and we'll, if you are comfortable, we'll put it in the show notes so that people can read it. <laughs> I don't know if it, I don't know, like I haven't touched it since then. So it may be like grammatically incorrect. Oh, who cares? I also, you know, that but is, yeah, happy to, happy to share on the beauties of metafictional narratives. With yeah, no, that's so, so Oh, boy. You know, I, I almost want to see a, uh, like a Venn diagram of Love Island and Survivor about what they share and what makes mm -hmm. them different and like what their appeal is. This is so off topic of what Briscoe and Firesides is about, <laughs> but, um, give the people what they want. We all know what they want. Anyway. Yeah. Coming next season, yeah. we're going to do a bonus episode about the bachelorette. So <laughs> <laughs> give the no, people no, what they I want. <laughs> Anyways. Um, what am I watching this summer? Um, I'm really basic. So I watched stranger things season four. It was really good. Have you seen it? Um, I haven't, I'm not, I missed that train. You missed the stranger things train. 
Yeah. I mean, like that's daytime. Okay. And now I feel like I can't get on it. You can. Okay. You can, but just so you know, season four was really good. Like the editing was really good. The music was really good. The acting was really good. I thought the story was really good. Like they, it took like two years to come out, but I was really impressed by it. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, as well, let's see what else I've been watching. I've been slowly rewatching avatar the last airbender because why not? Cause I, I I'm in love with that show. And because they're making the live action Netflix one of it right now. And you know, Oh yeah. Yeah. About that. Yeah. What else have I been watching? Um, one of my favorite movies this summer was called Cha Cha Real Slow. Wait. Cha Cha Real Slow? Cha Cha Real Smooth? Hold on. I'm just gonna Google that really quick. <laughs> Cha Cha Real Smooth. Mm. Um, it's uh just about like a party starter <laughs> who uh who uh, falls in love with uh, this girl. And it just is like a really, really like a good feel good movie. Um, you know, kind of a coming of age, like growing up kind of, kind of movie. Um, it's on Apple plus or whatever. Really good movie. I really, I really liked it. Definitely made me cry. Okay. Yeah. Cha cha real smooth. Cha cha real smooth. I'm yeah. You should look it up. It's really good. Dakota Johnson's in it. We love Dakota Johnson. Oh, I don't know who that is, but, uh, she was in 50 shades of gray. She was in peanut butter Falcon. Um, oh, I love peanut butter Falcon. Peanut butter Falcon was really good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty good. So that was, that was one of my favorite movies I watched this summer. I watched it one day and then I watched it the next night because I liked it so much. Wonderful. Yeah. I need to watch. Okay. I'm going to, going to take that wreck. I should watch something like a little bit more, I don't know, substantial probably. <laughs> substantial. <laughs> what do you mean? Love Island isn't substantial? It actually is. It keeps me thinking all day long. Okay. Um, um, last two questions. First one, okay. what is your dream trip? And we're not talking um, psychedelics here. We're talking real world in, you already said you went on it this summer. So maybe you're going to tell me about that. Well, yeah, that honestly was my dream trip, going back to Denmark, seeing people that I had lived with there, just like going back to some of my favorite museums. Um, but my dream trip, now that I've been able to do that, and we also went to Norway, got to kind of like hike around there and be there and it was so fun. I think my dream trip now is going to Croatia. That's my like COVID Croatia. trip that got canceled. Yeah. And <clears throat> just really want to go there. Um, my, my dad has some very close, like some of my parents' best friends live there. My dad speaks serbo croatian really so like a mashup of serbian and croatian huh. from the days of yugoslavia so i feel like a weird connection to it and i really want to go and and like actually take my my canceled covid trip yeah <laughs> so i think that's the that's the dream trip now it sounds nice 
What about you? Um, my dream trip will come as no surprise to anyone. Um, my dream trip is a surf trip mm-hmm. where I just like, I live on the beach for a week and just surf every day. I, I don't great. know how to surf. I feel <laughs> like that is, that is, I need to point that out. I don't know how to surf, but I feel like I would under, I would, I would know how to surf after a week of trying. And that's what I, you know, I want to like, get up yeah, I'd probably, I probably could get up once on yeah. the last day. Um, but, uh, just kind of that, that whole vibe of just like the endless summer, the, you know, living on the beach out of your car and showering on the beach and just like eating snacks and drinking soda and like just eating pure food all the time and just surfing is just such a vibe. And I just want that for me so bad. <laughs> yeah, I want that vibe for you and for me, honestly. Yeah. And I would be so tan and my hair would be so blonde and I would just be salty all the time. Yeah. <sighs> you need it. Yeah. Um, maybe mine is going to also be that now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Briscoe and Fireside retreat. I can retreat. appropriate your dream. <laughs> you can appropriate my dream. dream <laughs> we'll just make a Briscoe and Fireside re- retreat and we'll just go and it will be, you know, we'll plan out the next 10 seasons of the show and we'll just like surf. Honestly, Madison, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I'm down. Season 10 can just be a, you know, we just, we'll just re- record it w- during the trip. That'll be a good time. I love that. That'd be so, honestly, that's a vibe. I'm that here a vibe. for it. The theme will be beach. Briscoe and Firesides, the seasonal theme will just be beaches. I love it. That's a good yes, theme. Please. That's a good theme. <laughs> okay, final well, question. Yeah. Is there a quote that has defined your summer? Yeah, actually. Um, there's like from one of Sometimes I feel stupid for how often I bring up Kierkegaard on this podcast, (laughs) but I'm going to do it and I'm not going to promise that it's going to be the last time, but there's like this part in his journal, one of his journals where he talks about like time stopping completely. Um, and it's often kind of like shortened to this this phrase of like life can only be understood backwards, but must be lived forwards. I feel like I've heard that. Yeah. I feel, I feel that's like not a direct translation, but it's often translated in that way. Mm-hmm. And even, even if it is kind of a mistranslation, I just like that quote a lot. Um, and especially with just like the things that I've been feeling a lot lately and the way that I feel like my summer has gone thus far and, just the phase of life that I'm in, it makes a lot of sense. And I feel like that's just something that's really defined my summers. I can really only live my life forward. Um, and it may not make a lot of sense until after I've lived that portion of my life, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. Something about it feels very poignant for me right now. Just, just live in life. And I guess I'll understand it once I make it through, but for now I kind of just have to walk in faith. Unsurprisingly, our quotes, uh, dovetail really nicely. Yay. <laughs> that yeah, does not surprise me at all. Cause I feel like that's kind of the perennial lesson that, mm-hmm. that 
I feel like all wisdom teaching points you back to is just be here right now. Just live your life and just don't think too much about the future. Don't, don't worry too much about the past. Just be here. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So my quote, um, comes from Thomas Merton. You know, Thomas Merton. Oh yeah. I know who Thomas Merton is. Um, for the audience who doesn't know who Thomas Merton is, he uh, was a Trappist monk, uh, which is like a meditative uh, kind of monastic monk kind of order of the Catholic Church. Um, he was he was one of the most popular Catholic teachers, uh, you know, that there probably has ever been. Um, and he came to, he came to popularity probably in like the fifties in the Vietnam era. He was very anti-war, um, and very pro-peace. Uh, and he was, he died at, in, in Thailand at some retreat that he was speaking at and, uh, very likely was assassinated. And that's kind of, um, some of the conspiracy surrounding his death because it was, they never did any autopsy. They just found him in his room. Um, with like a head wound and they, he was like supposedly had been electrocuted. There's some really good podcasts on like Thomas Merton, the monk who was assassinated by the U S government. <laughs> yeah. Because he was, he was very anti-war or, yeah. and you know, if you know anything about the Vietnam war era, uh, is that there were a lot of anti-war protests and movements, even in the United States that, that the U S government got really out of hand trying to stamp out. Um, and, uh, so anyways, Thomas Merton, fantastic, um, contemplative thinker who brought a lot of Eastern spirituality and made it accessible to people in the West. Um, but this quote is one of my favorite quotes that I've had open on my phone for the last six months, probably, and has kind of defined, um, part of my, defined my summer. So he says, what is serious to men is often very trivial in the sight of God. What in God might appear to us as play is perhaps what he himself takes most seriously. At any rate, the Lord plays and diverts himself in the garden of his creation. And if we could let go of our own obsession with what we think is the meaning of it all, we might be able to hear his call and follow him in his mysterious cosmic dance. For the world and, for the world and time are the dance of the Lord in emptiness. The silence of the spheres is the music of the wedding feast. The more we persist in misunderstanding the phenomena of life, the more we analyze them out into strange finalities and complex purposes purposes of our own, the more we involve ourselves in sadness, absurdity, and despair. But it does not matter much, because no despair of ours can alter the reality of things or stain the joy of the cosmic dance, which is always there. Indeed, we are in the midst of it, and it is in the midst of us, for it beats in our very blood whether we want it to or not. Yet the fact remains that we are invited to forget ourselves on purpose, cast our awful solemnity to the winds and join in the general dance. Wow. Yeah. So I, I love that quote for a lot of reasons, but one of them is because I, um, one of the, what I feel like I've been learning about myself is that I take things really seriously. I, I, on the surface, like I am a very playful, happy, happy go lucky kind of easygoing guy, but like, but below the surface, I'm very intentional about the way that I live my life, about the choices that I make. I research things like intensely before I do anything. I'm very, I take, I take great care and I'm very serious. 
Um, and probably what I'm learning is over serious. Um, mm-hmm. and that, uh, like, you know, I don't know if we, I've mentioned this before in one of our bonus episodes, but from the age of 15 to 19, I read nothing but books that came out of Deseret book because I was preparing for a mission. Right. And I like read Jesus the Christ twice before I became a missionary. And then, you know, another, how many times while I was a missionary. And so it was like, it was like, oh, I'm going to prepare. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to prepare. Right. Like talk about getting on a, on a kick and over fixating on something. Um, and so just the, the idea that like, what, what, um, what in God might appear to us as play is what he himself takes most seriously. And what we take seriously might seem trivial to God is a lesson that I'm feeling like I need to learn. And that what life is asking for me from me is just to dance, right? It's just to join in the general dance. Like that final line of, uh, that we are invited to forget ourselves on purpose to cast our awful solemnity to the winds and join in the general dance. Like, I feel like I should just have that tattooed across my forehead because, like talk about awful solemnity. I've been there. I've been, you know, enshrouded with solemnity of things that I'm just like, Oh, this is so serious. I need to take it so seriously. And then that seriousness has stopped me from being able to live well. Yeah. And so to be invited to cast my awful solemnity to the wind and just join in the dance of all things is like, that's, that's the, that's the, the quote that's been defining my summer. Yeah. I needed to hear that. I think I also feel that way a lot of the time and I'm sure it's something other people can relate to too, but maybe we're not all talking about it in the same way. So yeah, well, I like that. Yeah. It's a good quote. I'll definitely put it in the show notes uh, as well as your quote um, and everything else. Um, Any final tips on how to live a great summer? (laughs) Just soak it all up right now. Don't forebode your joy, in the words of Brene Brown. Don't forebode your joy. Just join in the general dance and uh, just like eat a ton of Otter Pops. Totally. That's that's how you'll have a great summer. Absolutely. Perfect. Abby, thank you for uh, for joining me on our podcast that we that we share (laughs) together. (laughs) I'm back. You're back. And uh, we'll uh, we'll start interviewing more people and pumping out great content. Woohoo! Okay, thank you. Thanks, Madison.